The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. Anteater Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Hope nobody's in a funk this Monday morning. I want to tell you about a special guest who's standing by to join me. He's, he was on a long time ago. His name is Ron Judkins. He's two-time Academy Award winner for his sound work on Jurassic Park and Saving Private Ryan, and he's a director-writer of Finding Neighbors, and he's back to ch- chat about the latest news with his film. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for calling in, Ron. It's my pleasure. How are you? Great. I really enjoyed having you on uh, before, and I know there's been a bunch of great news happening with your film, so I wanted to have you back on. Right. Well, thanks so much. I'm sitting on a hillside in North Carolina in in Brambles, about three feet tall. My wife (sighs) has a house here, and we just got here last night to to work on her house and spend some time here. Oh, that's nice. I had to, like, walk up the hill to find a good place for a cell signal. (laughs) But it's better than like a chaotic, you know, Starbucks or whatever in, you know, New York City. <laughs> yeah, <or> exactly. <laughs> it, it is beautiful. The suns come out and the birds are singing and it's just amazing. It's so nice. <laughs> That's so nice. So tell, tell the listeners that, who are not familiar with Finding Neighbors a little bit about the film. Well, my, my, my normal job is I do sound. I record dialogue for movies on the set and I've, uh, I think I've worked on 13, 14 movies with, with Steven Spielberg, and, and I've won some awards for this work, and worked on movies like Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan, but I've always mm-hmm. wanted to make my own films. I made a film in 1999 called The High Line that went to the Sundance Film Festival, and we pulled to Showtime, and I thought that film was going to be kind of a breakout for me in terms of making other films, And but I, I have come to find that over the years that I'm attracted to material that's not necessarily commercial. Um, that's so okay, yeah. It took me about, I guess, 12 years to put another film together, and I had done traditional development and gone, gotten an agent and all the things that you're supposed to do in Hollywood to be a director or a writer-director, and none of those projects had come to fruition. So about four years ago, I got together with my wife, Jennifer, and our neighbor across the street, Judy, and we just said, let's make a movie. So we got it. this movie. Mm-hmm in our neighborhood uh, in Los Angeles and just made it for almost no money. Uh, it took us about three years to make the film, and we started putting it on the fest- festival circuit, started winning some awards with the film, and uh, just recently, like nine months ago, signed a deal with Brand Releasing, and the movie came out last week, last Tuesday, 
on all the digital platforms, and uh, we're doing very well, and I'm just so excited that the film is finally finding its audience. Congratulations. That's that's huge. It, it is huge. I mean, and I have to say, I, I feel lucky because I'm able to, or have been able to at this point, kind of work in a couple of different areas of the industry. One is uh, my sound work, working on huge movies where, you know, crews get paid and films get made and people travel and, and then have another clip, and it's what we call micro-budget film world. And um, I have to say it's very difficult for people who work in micro-budget films. And these are films that go to Sundance and, you know, they get releases like mm-hmm. Finding Neighbors. But they don't make, it's really difficult to make a career making these micro-budget films. So sure. it's great that we have been able to find distribution as, uh, with a company as good as Strand. Strand has been known, and, you know, originally, like, 20 years ago, they got into the industry distributing gay films, and mm-hmm. then they got into foreign films and indie films, and uh, we're just pleased that the film is getting out there, and there's a good possibility the film might pay for itself. Oh, good. That's, that's a an amazing win. Let me ask you a question. Uh, so let's say a film goes to Sundance. Obviously, the, the idea is, uh, the great idea would be, like, Fox Searchlight picks it up, right? Right. Okay, so, and that's why you're saying it's so hard to make a buck on these films, because it's, you know, the chances of that. Well, I, uh, I liken it to the old days of the oil business in drilling Wildcat Wells. And so you'll go out and drill... 40 wells mm-hmm. that are dry, mm-hmm. and then you might hit one that, you know, pays for the rest or actually, you know, does make money. My stepfather was in the oil business in the 40s and 50s, and, you know, so many times he'd go bankrupt and then just be on the brink of disaster, then something would happen, and he would, you know, drill a well that would be successful. Sundance is like that. The, the festival of the indie world is like that. There's so many films that are, that are good films that are quality films, and so even at Sundance, there might be... 200 films at the festival, okay. probably, or 300 films, and maybe 20 films in the dramatic competition. Maybe two of those films in the 20 get bought by a Fox Searchlight mm-hmm. or, you know, do some business at the festival. So those other 18 looks for distribution, maybe they self-distribute, but those 18 or those 300 are the tip of the iceberg. There were probably four or five or 6,000 films that were submitted. You know, granted, a lot of them yes. may not be great films, but right. a good amount of them are great films. Sure. You know, are, are good films, you know. So I'm talking about, you know, it's like almost like the 1%. We talk about uh, our culture and the 1% and the 99%. The film industry is kind of like that in, the, in a similar way. The indie yes. film industries, that is. You know, there's, there's maybe, maybe 1%, 2 or 3% do pretty well. Right. And then the rest are um, sort of struggling. So, yeah. but even if... As a filmmaker, as a producer, or a director, or writer, you might make four or five films. I have a friend who, Henry Burial, who made a, a film called Somebody that was at Sundance the year before mine way back. I mean, he's been back to Sundance a couple times. He's an Uber car driver at night. Oh, really? Um, just to make ends meet. And yeah. he's a good working filmmaker. He's had films distributed. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, he just finished uh, shooting a film about his experience of driving the Uber car. Totally interesting. That's interesting. But, so anyway, you use what you have, and uh, you you know you do it because of your passion, not mm-hmm. because you're trying to make a buck. But at the same time, you you as you know, you need to make a living. Exactly, exactly. It's interesting. I'm featuring on the second half of the show people from the Laguna Beach Film Festival, and it's mostly shorts. 
Is uh-huh. it? Have you worked on any shorts? No, I, I, uh, I haven't. You know, the shorts are a really good way to get noticed. Yes, and to use as a calling card. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, though, like it's, so if you do a fifteen-minute short, you know, a three or four-minute short is a whole different thing. But if you do a fifteen-minute right. short, if you put in twice the effort, you can actually make a movie. Yes, you know, um, because it's 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 to make a fifteen-minute short, it's so much worse. It's, it's, sure. Uh, it's daunting. So, you know, I've had, I've had friends that are doing it. And I said, well, why don't you just double down and make a film? Because if, at least a movie can still be used as a calling card. Exactly. But it does have a chance of, of making some money back and, and being distributed traditionally. Right, right. I know, because a 15-minute short, I mean, I don't know where that really goes. Right. You know? I mean, you could, that would be a good question for your next guest, but mm-hmm. they get packaged in uh, yeah. anthologies, and there are websites now that feature shorts, and there are Sundance-branded uh, shorts, you know, uh, where they, they're curated. So there are places for them to go, but yeah. I, I, I never had a desire to make shorts. I had a desire to make movies. Right, right. Well, and and it really is a labor of love. I mean, you get an idea, and you can't get it out of your mind. I know I'm working on something, and it's ridiculous how long it's taken me. I'm, at, like, into the second act, and I've rewritten it. I went to the UCI screenwriting program. And, okay. you know, you, sometimes when you walk away, because you have other stuff going on, and then you come back, and you, you completely have a better perspective. Oh, totally. You know? Uh, that's something I always tell writers and filmmakers, because... For me, I've maybe written 30 scripts over the years. The first oh. 10 were horrible. You know, you, you write them <laughs> to learn how to write. Yes. I'm not saying that, that yours is going to be horrible, but... No, but usually um, you write crap. I mean, that's really yeah, the bottom line. It, and I would show these early scripts, and people would go, well, I don't know, Ron, you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And i go, no, they're wrong, you know. And then 10 years ago, by, i pick them up again and go, oh, my God, they were so right, you know. Yes. Because you do. You lose your objectivity. You do. Um, and, like... One thing that happened on uh, Finding Neighbors, I had go, I had to go off, or got to go off, and work on Lincoln in the middle of the editing of right. Finding Neighbors. So we shut the, uh, the editing room down for six months and then came back, and it's exactly what you're talking about. You come back with fresh eyes, and mm-hmm. um, I would recommend that for anyone. You know, whatever your creative project is, get it to where you think it's just absolutely perfect. You wouldn't change a thing. Mm-hmm. And lock it up for three months, walk away, come back and look at it again. Well, and then also, um, you can look at it from so many new perspectives, let's say, right. an acting perspective, you can change your dialogue, whatever, you know, you're right, you're absolutely right. What is your project about? Skateboarding. It's oh actually a comedy, uh-huh. yeah, it's a comedy, and uh, I'll share it with you off offline, but yeah, um, I've been working on it a while, and it it kind of uh, took a different turn, and I thought, oh, you know, I'd have to make the characters more dynamic, and think about how people are in this day and age and um it, i just walked away for a while and then i if you also watch more tv and watch more movies you get inspired obviously right you either get inspired or you get depressed <laughs> true <laughs> you know <laughs> when people say how come you're not done yet <laughs> right <laughs> so where would you like to see this film go well i would just like to see the film and it's so amazing because um, my wife Jennifer was talking about it. We, we're starting to get emails now that film's been out for a week from people that we've never heard of who love the film, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I realize, you know, much the way you talk about how the passion has, in a way the passion for, for the project has to be its own reward because 
you're probably not going to get financial reward out of it. So you just have to love the process. But I'm finding that one of the reasons I made the film was for people like me who were kind of in middle age who felt like creatively their life was maybe not over, but basically over, you know? Right. Because you get to a point where people aren't responding to the material or you there's this whole depressive cycle that I think people get into where there's not much feedback and the culture, you feel, you feel that the culture doesn't value you because you're at a certain age or a certain place in your life. Sure. Um, and there have been flashes and hot points in, in, with people at the festivals where I remember a woman stood up in Richmond and said, you know what, I'm so glad you made this film. I said, I haven't painted in 20 years. My paint's are in the attic tonight. When I go home, I'm going to get my paint done. I'm going to start painting Oh, again. look at that. You know? You, you never so, know how you're going to inspire somebody. I, I, it wasn't a, an objective uh, thing that I set out to do, but I find that when that happens, it, it, it's so validating and so rewarding because that was what I wanted. That was what I needed. You know, I... I think in a certain way, making the film was a self-validation, you know, mm -hmm. that, okay, I'll show them or I'll show me even, because we all start believing or not believing in our abilities or ourselves, you know, like when we're in our 20s, we have this, this, this you know, sort of burning desire to change the world, and then, you know, 30 years go by and you go, okay, now what? Right. So I, I'm just, I'm so gratified that the film has, it is finding an audience and has found an audience, and, um, you know, ultimately, on a more practical side, I would love it if the, if the investors in the film, myself being one of them, but there are several others, could see some of their money back and uh, mm -hmm. be, be rewarded financially. Right, right. So we'll see how that uh, how that works out. Now, you mentioned it took you three years to make this film. It, was it tough to, just must have been tough juggling your other projects and then keeping everybody in the mindset of making this film? Well, that's a really good point. What... For us, you know, I guess I should speak for me to the conversation we've had as a group. You know, when you make a studio film, you have capital behind you, and you, the script gets written, the movie gets shot, and maybe it's a two-year process, and the movie's out, and you move on. When you're making an indie film where you're sort of raising money as you go, you have, you know, uh, a time when you're shooting, then you shut down, and you start editing, and then you shut down. Mm -hmm. And in a way parts of that process are beneficial because you do, like we've already mentioned, you do come back with objectivity when, you're, when your attentions are taken away. Yes. But as, a, as an artist, I think it's hard to maintain that same passion four years later that you had when you were sitting down to write the script. Yeah. So it's been interesting to, to be involved with a process where different parts, a couple years later, you know, this happened not so much in the editing because in the editing it, it's all coming together and you're seeing the film come to life right in front of you. But like when you're raising money for post-production and then when you're looking for distribution and you're going to the festival, it's been years later, and creatively, your energy might be on something completely new. Yes, you know? very true. So how do you reattach? It's almost like a relationship. You know, you have a relationship and then, then you kind of move on or something happens and it changes. How, how do you maintain that passion for right, it? Right, you know? So that's been interesting. And I think for me... It just takes sitting down sometimes and thinking, well, what was it that I was really wanting to say? What was that thing? You know, re reacquainting myself with it. And it's, thankfully, that's still there. You know, that thing that I that was important to me about mm -hmm. that guy and this guy and the movie. Yes. Do you find that now that, you know, so much time has passed, like, what, what was the experience like 
making the film and then the end result? Like, how did you feel? Did you feel like he had changed? That I had changed? Yes. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I've not really thought about that if I had changed through the process. Through the process and then the whole storyline. I mean, it's very relatable. Right. I think, you know, that question of getting older and aging and passion and art is something that's never resolved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I made the film and, okay, now I've, I've figured that out now, you know? Right. I, I still have the same issues. When I connect with people who have a similar issue and I see, oh, my God, look at them. They're so amazingly talented. They mm-hmm. are doing something. You know, they, that is uh, uh, encouraging to me. I don't know if in the big, in the big, this is interesting because I never really thought about it in the way you asked the question. Mm-hmm. In the big picture, I don't know that I've changed a lot, but I, I have more faith. That's you know, right. I have more faith in the process and faith in the universe. Mm-hmm. That that people are there and that the universe is there. And, I, and I've always thought that, and that's something that um, was one of the precepts in making the film is that if, if we put what we're interested in, our passion, out into the universe in a real clean, pure way, the universe will answer it. Right. Maybe not in the way that we thought, you know? Yes. But, but be open to what shows up, mm-hmm. you know, and then, uh, then amazing things can happen. I have much, I've always thought that and had a, um, a, uh, an idea that that was true, but I have a, a lot more faith in it. I really believe in it now in a way that I didn't before. Well, it's great. You had this vision and you know you made it happen, and it, I mean it takes it takes time and dedication and a team of people. Absolutely, but it, it it's it's one of the few things that I think of where one person sitting in a room can come up with an idea, and the next thing you know, there's fifty people working on it, and then three years go by, and then there's this thing, yes, you know, that's completely carved out of this idea, whole plot, yeah, you know, yeah. Now, that's I, guess, the best. I guess if I was a business person, there are lots of businesses like that. And, you know, if I was starting doing a startup or something, that's a very similar thing. It's probably rewarding to those people much in the same way that it's rewarding to me to have made a film. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not familiar with that community, so I don't know about that. Sure. Would you offer any advice for people? Because the theme of this show, as I mentioned before, is get the funk out. And, we all right. go through these crazy twists and turns and ups and downs. Do you have any advice for people that are going through a tough time creatively or want to switch careers, you know, something they could relate to? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple things. I had one something in mind because I thought I knew what you were going to ask, and then at the end, you asked a slightly different okay. question, which is good. Okay. That, <laughs> it gets me off my talking point. Um, I think and it's, sometimes it's the hardest thing. But my advice is don't be afraid to reach out and tell someone what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Because for me, and like, even as I say that, I hadn't thought about it, I feel this a sort of welling up of emotion. Yeah. I think we all kind, we'd all become these islands, you know, these islands of individualism. And like, I mean, like maybe I'm embarrassed that I feel uh, uh, depressed or I'm embarrassed that I don't feel connected to to people are, but if there's just one person you can reach out to and say you know what this is what I'm going through yes I'm not asking you to fix it I'm just asking you to listen yes I agree so many times that just opens up a door maybe not with that person but it just opens up a door with yourself too mm-hmm. to be honest with yourself and to start taking steps that's great advice 
You know, because sometimes we need a sounding board or just knowing somebody's there to listen. And, and sometimes, for me, I, I'll have a nagging emotion or a nagging feeling about something, and I, and I won't even know what it is until I describe it or until I put it into words. And until I put it into words, it's just lurking back there, you know? And it's mm-hmm. almost like as soon as I put it into words and get it out in the open, I can start to let go of it, you know, and start to move on. That makes sense. Yeah. We're such complicated people. <laughs> uh, so, go ahead. No, I guess we're complicated. Yeah. You know, the, the question that I thought you were going to ask, which is an answer I always, it's important to me too, is that, you know, I, always, I often get asked, what would you, uh, what advice would you give to aspiring filmmakers, someone who has an idea? Mm-hmm. My advice there is, is never assume that your idea is not valid. Uh, oh, that's because good. I think we all we shut we shut our own ourselves down our, our own selves down so often that it never gets a chance to to gestate um, and be in the universe. And so often, like I'm involved with this doc- couple of documentary projects right now, we need researchers and we need different people. And I'll go and and my partners will go, well, how do we do? We don't have any money. Da da da. I said, well, let's put an ad on Craigslist and see who shows up. Right. You know. Right. And and so many times, especially in a town like you know, Los Angeles or Orange County, where there's so many people and there's so much talent and there's so many people that are wanting to do things and wanting to be involved and, and be involved with things that, of, of merit. Mm-hmm. That um, I want, I'm not it's easy to find those people, but they're there, you know? No, you're right. And those, yeah. and those are your allies. You know, I mean, you right. talked about a team. A team is you and then it's you and another person, then it's you and two other people, and then all of a sudden, now you're powerful. Now you can get things done and move forward. Right. No, it's the, the people that are, that are searching for something that uh, has meaning and a great team of people. And it's not so much oh, they want to be famous or they want to make big bucks. They want to really connect with something meaningful. Right. No, I completely agree. So where can people see this film? I know when we first talked, it was premiering at the Newport Beach Film Festival. But where could they see right. it now? Well, um, I'll go back to the economics of it just for a second. Um, we have a distributor, Strand Releasing, fabulous distributor. They take a percentage of, of all the money that come through the traditional digital uh, platforms. The movie's on iTunes, it's on Google Play, it's on Hulu. Mm. Um, That's great. It is, it's on Netflix. But all those, you know, by the time the money filters down, we don't get much of it. We did carve out a window, and this brings up a whole other topic of uh, self-distribution or distribution where you you separate all, out all the, um, the revenue streams. We, we can stream the film, and we are streaming the film from our website, but we, which is FindingNeighborsMovie.com, just the way it sounds. Okay. Uh, we have an, an edition of the film, which we call the Deluxe Filmmakers Edition, which includes 14 other videos about the making of the film and our experiences making the film, and there's a really great one video of Judy and Jennifer and myself three years after making the film we came back from the premiere of the film at the Austin Film Festival and we kind of talked about how the film had affected us the making of the film and had affected our lives and now moving forward and I haven't seen those kinds of sort of honest conversations about the process so the only place you can get that is from our website uh, findingneighborsmovie.com other than that Netflix has it iTunes has it you can find it, if you just do Finding Neighbors Movie, mm-hmm. uh, do an internet search, there's six or eight places that'll show I'll up. find you. Okay. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in. This has been great having you on again. I feel like so much more has happened since we first talked. Totally. 
And it's great to reconnect with you. I, I love your energy, Judy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, I come to L.A. off and on, so maybe sometime we can get together. I know. We said that last time. We're going to have to make well, it happen. Well, let's make it happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's stay in touch. That sounds good. Have a great day. Thanks for your time, and you too. Okay, bye-bye. That was Ron Judkins calling in to talk about his film, Finding Neighbors. If you missed any part of my conversation with Ron, it'll be up on my blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. So as some of you might know, it is the 50th anniversary of Zot Nation. We've turned 50. I have a little trivia question. So uh, this was actually in the OC register. What comic strip inspired the UCI Anteater mascot? So let me repeat that one more time. What comic strip inspired the UCI Anteater mascot? Send me an email at Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. And I'm also going to be giving away uh, two pairs of tickets to the Laguna Beach Film Festival coming up the weekend of October 16th. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Bye. 